What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Thick Radio. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a while. I had the boys back on the podcast, Ben Weishaft and Zeb Weisdorf, and we had a great conversation as usual. Lots of laughs, some serious topics, and hopefully some value and enjoyment that you can take away from it. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening, and I hope you enjoy. Here, we're live. Just waiting on Zav. He's eating. Zav, hurry up. This is live. Everybody's listening to this. Can you hear me well? Yeah, I can hear you super well. Can you hear me well? Everyone's listening to this? Everybody's like, this is live. Yes, this is the podcast now. Zeb's going to take a sweet time, though, and ruin it for everybody. I can see it. I can see it on his face. He's panicking. He doesn't. He's, oh, my God. He's ruined wise. it. First podcast back, disaster. <clears throat> Zeb and I recorded one <clears throat> last week. So bad. I heard it was. Dude, Zeb was, like, Zeb was like out like running errands while we were. Wait, there's an echo. Wait. We got yes. the old echo again? No, I think we're good. There's, yeah, we're good. Sweet. Okay, we're live. we're live. Thanks, man. Thanks for ruining it. <clears throat> Thanks for okay, hosting us, Scotty. Here. What's that? Thanks for hosting us, Scotty. Yeah, Thanks no problem. Us. Thanks for coming. Nice Sunday it's nice to be back and having a podcast with the boys. Okay, I'm going to jump right into it. I have a... I have a topic of conversation I wanted to bring up so Tom Brady so Tom Brady retired and I wanted to ask you guys what what your like how you debate like the goat debate how you go about it like how you say like who's the goat do you like do you value rings MVP seasons played like how do how do you go about it for like respective sports or even like goat of all time um I think objective stats because it's like the easiest to measure across mm-hmm. different athletes but i don't know man like there's i think context is so huge in sport that it, but it's so like i don't know if it's subjective it's hard to measure all the time like tom like how many how many rings did he get seven i'm not a huge football fan i don't know like i just know he's like did extremely well at the Patriots, his, like, whole career, like, from where he started, like, he was, like, re- really low draft. And then he was kind of, like, the backup QB and got his opportunity from QB getting injured or something like that. And ever since then, he's just been performing. And then, obviously, people, when he was at Patriots with Bill Belichick and, you know, the team he had around him, they just said, oh, like, just because he was with the Patriots, that's why he was so good. And going to the Bucks and doing the same thing, like, it's just his IQ and the way he, like, I mean, there's always that famous photo where it's like two minutes left. You see him angry on the sideline, and all of a sudden he just pulls some shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think the main thing is objective stats um, across all sports. So whether it be touchdowns, pass percentage, goals, you know, assists, whatever that is. Um, so I let's say, so let's say you had like two players. You had a Tom Brady who won like seven rings, but then you had another player who had like more passing records, more touchdown records, maybe rushing as well, like had more like objective statistics to say that he was like the better quarterback, but he didn't win as many rings. Like, how would you chalk that up? I would say, well, like what's the difference in those, like those, like how much better of a QB 
is he in those stats? You know what I mean? Like if the margin is huge, like yeah. this guy's like number one in all these ranks. And then, you know, the other quarterbacks like seventh, eighth, maybe he's like five. He eat another chicken breast. Yeah, I was just mucking, yeah. absolutely um, mucking food. Then I would say like, you know, it's that separation kind of speaks for itself. But uh, didn't Tom Brady like wasn't he like isn't he like first and everything? No, no, I don't know. The, I don't know the stats. Quarterback? Honestly, no. Honestly, Nate Witt is the guy to ask about all of this. Nate knows like he, Nate knows his well, shit. I think I, like I think uh, like for football, I don't know really know what the comparisons are. For soccer, it's different. Like Ronaldo, Messi, like simple. And then I guess even basketball, like LeBron, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, because in soccer. If you have a good international soccer team, getting those rings in the Euro or those, um, you know, the cups in the in the Euro Cup or World Cup, those are huge. Like, I mean, I guess like both Messi and Ronaldo have had like they're on pretty solid international teams. Ronaldo's international careers had a lot more success than Messi's, but then Messi, I believe, has more Ballon d'Ors, and then I think Champions League they're pretty close. I don't know the exact stats, but. There's only one stat that matters. What? <laughs> who's got the hottest wife? That's who's <laughs> oh, the goat. Yeah. I, I, I knew you were going to say that. Doesn't have a wife. He has a girlfriend. So, They're not married? No. Oh, why? I thought, doesn't he have like five kids? Yeah, he's not married though. Why? I, probably legal reasons. He doesn't want to want steal all his money? This guy's got... This guy has, he has so much money, it's fucked. But wouldn't you, just, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you just be common law anyway, so it wouldn't even matter? Bingo. Yeah, I guess. Common law will fuck you. Zev, how do you chalk up the goat conversation? Literally, wife. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to, I think Zev, I think Zev has this, like, underlying goal of just ruining everything. Sabotaging as we podcast. do now. <laughs> He sabotages podcasts now. That's that's what like, I enjoy. Like, a, okay, okay. Wife's aside, let's say wives didn't exist. <laughs> then it's easy. It's actually so easy to pick. Who was the best CFL QB that played in the NFL? Doug Flutie. Flutie's the best of all time. Flutie is the goat. Flutie is the goat. Flutie is. Doug Flutie? Doug Flutie's oh. a legend. How tall is he? He's like 5'6. He was so short. Yeah, this dude couldn't even start to see over his line, and he probably crossed his fingers and like threw the ball. Murray. He's in the Pro what Bowl, yeah. Goat, what makes the goat stop his title? For, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Yes, you hope really, from you. I don't really know. I don't like. I think it's. I don't know because, like, actually, Nate was like somebody who opened my eyes up to this because he does not think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time by any means. Can I guess why? Yeah. Nate probably he's gonna say because he's not he's a passing QB he's not a runner. No, it's because oh. he like Nate sees it as like like Tom Brady like had access to fantastic teams and like the best coach mm. of all time. Like Bill Belichick is like everybody kind of agrees he's the greatest coach of all time in football. So it's like he sees it. He sees it. Sure, Tom Brady's a great quarterback. But just as a quarterback, he's not the best quarterback of all time. I mean, yeah. In terms of like, in terms of how you, in terms of how you like chalk up like quarterback skills, like 
now in the modern era, like Tom Brady isn't a great quarterback, like compared to guys like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, guys that like guys that have a, like evolved with the game. But Tom Tom Brady's a great quarterback, but in, in his prime, yeah, he was the best quarterback in the league. Imagine if the but he but he but he has Tom Brady has never been in a situation where he has had like a subpar team and he's brought them out and like got them a ring. Even when he, even when he went to the Bucks, like he had a stud team. So it's like what what other QBs right now don't like? I mean, the Kansas City offense is like built like it's like the I, the receivers they have, the way their offense is operating, like how it's coordinated. Lamar Jackson, he's on a team. That- like it's hard to say. Like you could look at any. I I think there's a lot of factors into being the best yeah. of all time. And there's a lot of I think there's a lot of things that are out of your control. Like mm-hmm. I mean, the Patriots obviously like Bill Belichick's the go, but Tom Brady took his opportunity when he had the chance, and he hasn't really failed since. Yeah, it is like, true. Not, like, 100%. No great quarterback. I mean, I don't know. Like I don't know football history, but I don't, I don't know a great quarterback that has brought a team that isn't very good to a ring. I think it may be more difficult in football because you're also have a defense that you can't really have control over as a quarterback. Well, I know, like, the Bills, like, I know the Bills are good. They're a good team, but, like, they pretty much center their entire game around um, who's their quarterback? Nate has Josh a ball. Allen? Josh Allen, yeah. They pretty much center their entire team around Josh Allen. Do you not think every great uh, team with, a, like, a really good quarterback does? I think they do. Well, I think kind of, yeah. I think they do, but I also think, like, some of, like, the most winningest teams in history also had great defense, also had mm-hmm. great receivers, also had good Bills have great defense like, too, right? Yeah. And Kansas City's defense is a little – like, Kansas City's offense is so good that, like, from what I've seen, like, it saves their defense sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Nate would be better to debate this with because – Yeah, like, knows, I don't know much like, about football. I'm just thinking, like, in general, like – that, like, I think it, these... I I like the I like the take where it's like you focus on just the individual's ability like that's as what I mean, the objective stats. Like, yeah, where it's like just him alone, like how good of a quarterback is he? Like, you... and it's I, and I think there probably is examples again. I don't know football history that well where there were great quarterbacks that like brought a team that shouldn't have been in the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. It's. Uh, like actually, a good example, a good example, man, of like somebody who was like a great quarterback, but was really under the radar was Matt Stafford because he was on a really shitty team with Detroit, the Lions. Uh, Detroit, right? Now that he's on, now that he's on the Rams, he's in the Super Bowl and he's like shining. But he was yeah. a great quarterback no matter what. Yeah, but he yeah. didn't have the he didn't have the team around him. Like let's say he spent his entire career with the Lions, he would have never ha- had the opportunity to win rings, and he would never be in the conversation of being a great quarterback. Because he didn't have the team to do it, so it's like you need. Well, you definitely like, need a team. I don't. I think football. Is, I, I don't know. Like obviously with basketball, LeBron with the Cavs and all that. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think football is way more. There's way more factors out of your control. Like. Yeah. Look, true. If you if you don't have receivers with really high IQ, if you don't have a really good line that gives you space to make a play, or you know a running back that makes really good blocks or whatever. Like you need players that can fit the role. Like you need that athletic ability from the receiver, the high IQ, like the ability to get open. And then it gets, there's so many variables. And I, I just think like Tom Brady was in the right spot at the right time. He took the opportunity. 
he had the skill. He has he obviously has the IQ. Like we all know that. Like yeah, his uh, like his understanding of football in general is so like he doesn't have to run the ball. Like he just he understands everything, mm-hmm. and he can get the ball to players and in crunch time. Like he can he can like keep a hold of himself under pressure. He was just in the right place at the right time with a great coach, a great team around him, and he went to the Bucks and. They also have a really good organization and do the same thing. Like I don't think like it's with Matt Stafford, it's like yeah, he was on a shit team with Detroit and if you don't have a team around you that's good, like it's a lot tougher. But going yeah. to the Rams, like they have a really sound defense, you know, Cooper Cup, um, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham, like as far as I know, they have a pretty solid line as well. It's like you just you go into that situation and you take advantage of it. It's yeah. so hard. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so much subjective aspects to it that it's hard to just say, like, to measure it. That's true. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the rings as well. Like, I think the rings are important. But obviously, you know, your team helped out with those rings. Yeah. Zev's just going to do eating ASMR this whole podcast. Yeah. I want to hear you crunch. Stop. You can hear me. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way. Oh, fellas. I meant to say theory a good qb the gms will bring good players because they want to win so then that's why maybe brady stayed in the pats right he wasn't good enough they didn't want to bring good players in they would have sent him off traded him or something and then theory two let's say you get a good qb on a bad team they will get traded they will someone will trade for them if they're good so maybe that's why good qbs who seem lucky because they win so many rings you know, because think about football is a sport where you're relying on the line, you're relying on receivers. So there's like that luck. But what if it's like it's because you're a good QB, they built a team around you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. And I think also like if you're the team that's bad, like if you're like the star quarterback or star player, like I think, you know, there can be games where you are the reason they won. But I don't think you're going to do that all season, especially in the playoffs and then the finals. Like for basketball, I think it's different because there's only five guys in the court. Like for LeBron, like he has way more ability to have control over that game versus a football game where you have like six linemen, receivers, the quarterback, running back, and then you have a whole defense where you wouldn't have control over. Or soccer, it's like it's 11 v 11. So like there's 10 other players that like, if you're a a striker, you can't actually go back and defend. Like if your defense is bad, like what are you going to do? You can't be running up and down the field for 90 minutes. But isn't that what makes, isn't that what makes the greatest of all time, the greatest of all time? The fact that like, no matter the situation, they can win. Yeah. Oh no, I think so as well. But like, it's, well, you have to depend on the context. Like, yeah. Like if Ronaldo is the greatest of all time, like he gets the goals that they need to, to win. Like when he, when he has the opportunity, he finishes. What if you're deep, what if you're the rest of your team lets in more goals and what you're able to score? Yeah, like you can't have a striker running back to block shots. Yeah, be a defensive player. But in basketball, it's different because the court. What? What's that? What? What? Is is some is is somebody (laughs) shooting slap shots at a dishwasher (laughs) in your fucking basement? (laughs) I'm I'm in the kitchen. (laughs) Um, finish, Benny, please. I actually don't even know where it was now. I hate myself, Benny. That that I hate that. First real no, problem. I, uh, I was saying, um, oh, with basketball, it's a bit different because, like, you're there's less players on your team to manage. If you're like having players that are not as good, you have more control offensively and defensively. Yeah, true. Because like you're playing both, because it's just a, a smaller. 
court compared to like a field or whatever. So I think in that, and if you have players that can at least do some role on a basketball team, whether it be a shooter or just hit threes or whatever, I mean, like LeBron James can like go hit 35 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, like a bunch of steals, blocks, you know what I mean? So it's easier to stand out. Like, yeah, I just think there's less variables to control compared to like a football team as one player to be the sole reason you won something yeah 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 so but... go oh um boys <laughs> um oh shit i forgot i forget can you hear that by the way it was off is that no i don't think so. Zev, i can hear everything all right. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm kidding. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Keep going. Um. I guess. Oh, oh wait, wait. Guys... I remember that. <laughs> this guy. Is that this guy. frozen for you? Yeah, he's also frozen. Yeah, yeah he's frozen that whole time. You're good now. We were good. All right. <laughs> this is a gong show. I I remember now, fellas. Best of all time. All jokes aside, best of all time would be Brady. It's a stat thing, but. There's no such thing as best of all time, potentially. It's just best of all time stats. Sure, we can talk about who would have been the best if in this situation, but they weren't in that situation. Life's unfair. It's a stat thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah, I think yeah. it's the right place, right time. Like, he achieved those stats. That's interesting. Okay, that's interesting, actually. So, it's like a certain amount of, like, luck and, like, fate is bound. Like, opportunity. Is bound, is, yeah, opportunity. It's, like, bound to determine who's going to be the greatest. Like, it's not, like... like it's like life isn't like life isn't equal, right? There's not an equality of opportunity no, in sports. So it's interesting. Yeah, Abe, sure. Abe Lincoln took people out of slavery. Other presidents didn't get to. There was no slavery. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. I also <laughs> yeah. think like to be like a top professional athlete, there's so many factors. I think True. a lot of it's opportunity and like opportunities are always presenting themselves in anything you're going for. It's just whether or not you capitalize on them. Are you ready for them? Right, right. Maybe there's a bit of luck. Obviously, hey, you're lucky you didn't get injured. I mean, maybe there's a lot of things you did do to control, like recovery and strength and conditioning, nutrition, all that stuff. But, I mean, if someone goes headfirst into your knee and blows out your ACL, you know, you can only do so, so much to prevent that. True. But I think, like, there's just so many factors involved that, like, that may be out of your control, but you're just – each time there's a challenge, you – overcome it or you don't and if you just continue to capitalize on the opportunities and that's and you get yourself in a position like tom brady at the end of his career i think it's fair enough to agree that he is the goat because he's the one that achieved it it wasn't someone else you know right. what I mean? yeah, yeah yeah all right um, benny go with your question yeah um, how do i word this i i guess when you guys played sports i mean you could probably still relate to it now if anything like a, for any competition that you do but what do you like what drives your competition? Do you hate to lose or do you love to win? And do you think those can be separated or, do they, or is that one thing? Like what bugs you more losing or do you like just chase the success of a win? Losing for sure. Losing bugs yeah. you more than like. I, w- I would take like, yeah. Like if you're going up like, in a little I... challenge with someone, like the thought of them beating you yeah, that's the... Does it drive you nuts? Or, like, yeah. you're not even thinking about, like, how do you win? It's just, like, how do I not lose to this person? Yeah, that's exactly what it is not for me. Of, not the thought of losing. It's just, like, actually losing. Stings more. 
a win feels routine. A win, you're like, I just did it. Check off the well, box. That's, that's with anything. That's with anything, though. Because, like, think about think about if you posted a picture and there was 100 comments and 99 of them were super positive and people were like, oh, my God, you're mm-hmm. great. One person says, fuck you, you're fat, and that will live <laughs> in your head for the rest of your day. Like, stabs, you right, stabs your ego. Right like, any, any, any sort of negative emotion for humans is way more like visceral and matters so much more than positive emotions you think it's you think it's negative to have like you think everyone has you think they're like some people like just really love winning or do you think it is always backed by just not wanting to lose to someone like i know it's hard to like distinguish those both but like i know when i play like if someone like beats me in a 1v1 like I, I don't want that person to touch like I like I want to make that person's life hell because I just want to like, I have this ego effect where it's like yeah I don't want you to think you can keep, keep doing that you know what I mean like it's just a weird thing or like if we you know if I lose to someone it's the same thing it's like I don't want like once we play again I don't want you to have the satisfaction satisfaction yeah. of beating me Benny okay <clears throat> I've thought about this in sports though an athlete does have to let go of getting magged getting dunked on getting broken and I'll use baseball for example a lot of guys they won't sit off speed because they're too afraid of someone blowing a fastball by them so they always just sit fastball and then they just kind of look they'll ground out or they'll fly out because the off speed and for them it was like okay they'd rather fly out and ground out than sit on off speed and crush the ball like they're so scared of looking silly no different than a guy he's he doesn't go to block a guy because he's scared of getting dunked on. A guy doesn't pinch a defender because he's scared of getting megged. So what I'm saying is, like, in, in sports, you got to be able to – I think, yeah, like, I think, that, well, I think that the can fear – that you can actually the, be a good athlete, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think it's like, – I don't think you should shy away from it at all. Like, I don't think – like, if I get megged, my sole purpose isn't necessarily to, like – keep my eyes on you the whole game because then I'm going to miss the other player that gets by me or whatever like that. Yeah, I just think, like, I just don't forget it. I don't want to debilitate me. Like, I don't think it should debilitate you. I think you should, like, if you get dunked on by someone, I think you should still go up for the next block. But I think you yeah, should, Exactly, like, exactly. And yeah, I'm saying, so- and for soccer too, like, like, who cares? Like, sometimes the consequence of being a good defender is you can get magged because you're committing. Yeah. I just sometimes think... That's just how it works. I think what I'm trying to say is like not getting that feeling of defeat. You know what I mean? Like to make sure that like I go at it a hundred percent the next play and stop that person or stop that team. I, I don't look at it as a debilitating thing. And if it happens, it happens. I don't, you should never get hung up on, hung up on it throughout the rest of the game or you're just going to miss other opportunities. But I think it's important to like, for me to make sure that, you know, the next play I try hundred percent again and then hundred percent and then hundred percent and not let it like break me down or whatever. Do you guys think, think, go ahead. Do you guys think that that's like a, like primal instinct, especially for males to like, like the fact that we're so driven by like not losing and not like coming out. Like it's almost like on like a survival, like on a survival level. Like I feel like there's a primal aspect of that where it's like, if you get beat, then, like, like if you get beat and you can't, like, bring food home to your family, if you're a hunter and gatherer, then, like, that is a threat to your survival. 
or if like you get or if you get beat by like an opposing an opposing group of hunters and gatherers then you're like your family might die or you might die or you're not or you're not going to be able to have that land anymore which maybe is close to a river and there's fish there like do you think that like that primal i think that primal ego driven like scarcity like mindset when you're worried about losing and it's like it's not even about winning it's like it's funny it's actually my my gears have been turning it's like thinking about that it's funny because i it's like oh i like to win it's like i don't even really like the feeling of winning i just like the feeling of beating people like and not which i guess is winning that's a bad way to put it it's more like i like the feeling of not being beat like like what what lasts longer the feeling of a win or the feeling of a loss yeah, for sure. 100%. percent you know loss, loss for sure. Like, a win has its glory, but, I mean, it's just like what you said with the comments. Like, obviously, a positive comment feels really good, but you, it's like this normalized feeling compared to, like, if you lose, I don't know, you, I think you, like, people fear that inferior feeling to someone else. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I think that's exactly what it is, because I think, I think there's just that primal instinct that we desire to be the alpha male or the provider or the warrior or whatever. Like there's, because being successful in whatever it is that you're doing is deems your survival. And it's like less now, but still, like if you, if you are successful in your sport, then it's not survival. I think it's changed from that ego is driven by survival to now that ego is driven by quality of life. I it's think like the mechanisms are there. It's just, it's, yeah, we're not having to survive like we used to. Well, I think it's like, it's the same mechanisms are there, but it's actually just making us chase better quality of life. It's like, we're not worried about dying anymore, but we are worried about like, it's almost like humans solved the survival issue. It's like, okay, we have food, we have water, we have shelter, everything's kind of, we're so comfortable. It's like, okay, well, how can I make my life better? Like, it's like, I, now that I'm, that's all good. It's like, well, I want more. I want a better house. I want a better car. I want a better girlfriend, like whatever. So now it's like, you're trying to improve quality of life. So it's like the worry. And I feel like that's so rooted in us to like chase success that losing anything is like a threat to our ability to achieve success. Yeah. Well, I also think it's just like, if you can't be the one that provides then for your, like for your, your wife, whatever, they'll find like the fear of them leaving to find someone that is superior to you is like debilitating to a man because they're supposed to be the provider. Right. If you can't provide, if you can't, you know, be that person that is people rely on, then that is like, a debilitating feeling and i think that is like that mechanism is involved in every little thing that i mean i'm sure it's the same for girls in sports as well like if you're competitive you're competitive and you hate losing but for like obviously you know like the male type is like supposed to be the provider i think if like i know for me in sports like if someone beats me i mean if you don't know how to lose i think then it becomes a problem because then you like you shy away you shell yourself towards that and you try to avoid it but i think if you you know you accept it for what it is like what like what zev said and like you just shake it off and go at it again i don't know what that was 40 minute okay sure if you can like shake it off but still like you know you want to prove to yourself to others that you can't like that's not gonna happen again or you can be 
someone to rely on on your team to, you know, you know for the, make sure you guys win or whatever it is. I think that's like, because if you don't, I like that's, I think we've talked about before, like the importance of understanding how to lose. Cause you're always going to like, I'm always going to get nutmegged here and there. A guy's always going to get dunked on. You're always going to, you know, lose whatever argument with someone or whatever it is. But if you, if you don't know how to lose, then that's where they. <laughs> Zev, Zev, leave Sorry. the kitchen. <laughs> leave the kitchen. <laughs> the shadowy figure. Just... <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's interesting how it's like, it's interesting how. It's because it's a good thing because it makes you like chase success and it makes you like want to be better. But at the same time, it's also like worrying about it will hurt your chance of success. Yeah, I think you have to be able to, there's a time and place to shake it off. And um, like, don't let it, I mean, if it happens, it happens, right? Like you can't change what's happened to you. You can only control what your reaction is and what the next step is. And either, you know, I think this kind of like leads into another question I was going to ask. Where was I listening it on? It was on a podcast. I think it was, it might've been, might've been human lab. He had a guest. It was was about stress and how people are always trying to find ways to manage stress, to alleviate stress, to like, oh, the girl she was talking about, she works she studies stress or something like that and mindset. I think it was mindset that one where we talked about a couple of those studies mm-hmm. and like how people are always trying to like get rid of stress, manage stress. And it's like the better way to look at it is like leverage stress because stress is going to happen. Like stress isn't bad. We've talked about this. Stress can be like very fueling and drive you to, you know, conquer new things that you want to do for yourself. Like stress, like physiologically stress is, you know, you have the heightened attention, you know, increased heart rate, like you're w- way more focused and it, like your acute awareness is much higher. And it's like finding ways to leverage that for better reasons. Like yeah, yeah, in, yeah. A, in a very like competitive environment, there's going to be stress. And if you don't know how to leverage stress, then it's going to be debilitating or it can be the reason why you achieve something that in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like choosing choosing when to stress and like when stress is valuable, right? Like it's like yeah. recognizing the situations. Like sports is a perfect example because I remember Lindsay actually in FHP like described stress in that way. She was like she was like she was actually talking about how to view stress. And there was a study that she cited and it was about stress and it was people that viewed stress as harmful and like bad for their body experience like degrading effects mm-hmm. on their body but people that viewed stress knew what stress was and viewed it as like what it is which is a preparedness mechanism increases your heart rate increases blood pressure like you said increases like awareness all of that the people that viewed it that way that like oh this is actually a tool for my success they actually had positive benefits in in whatever the tests were for that study and that's a mindset thing yeah exactly and it's like exactly like you said like I actually remember I was like biking one time. This is a random story, but I was biking one time. I almost got hit by a car. I was like road biking and I was like inches from getting like killed. It was scary. And wait, wait, how? The the car was was it like? No, I was, it was my fault. I was like, I was biking like across a bridge, like a highway bridge. And then I was coming down. It's like just 
you know like the high you know the 402 like near london right there so you know that bridge that and then you turn and you go towards toronto so i was going towards london came over the bridge and then there's like that on-ramp that like meets with yeah. it yeah i like glanced over my shoulder to cross the on-ramp to like get onto the shoulder and keep biking and i looked and like nobody there was a car like way back but like it was like really far so i i went to cross and then next thing I know, I like turn again when I'm like halfway across the road and there's just a black SUV like right behind me. And then all I hear is like tires screeching and the car is like bouncing. He's like honking on his horn. And then I like swerve out of the way and then I look and he like just missed me. And then he like speeds up and then like stops and then he's like yelling at me. And I was like, dude, so sorry. Like he must have been flying down the on-ramp because I had looked and I didn't see anybody. Yeah. And then, yeah, anyway. So I was like shitting my pants after that. I was like, I was really stressed out. Like I was really stressed out. And then I was like, man, like I just got to get home. I was like, I was like, this has been like a hectic bike ride. I was like, I just got to get home. And then I had this like overwhelming, like adrenaline and stress response. Like heart rate was through the roof. And then I just started pedaling like faster and faster and faster. And it was like I had taken like performance enhancing drugs. And I was just like, it was the fastest I had ever ridden and I held it for like 15 minutes. Like it was like, it was a pace that I could never replicate on a bike unless I just trained for that. Like it was crazy. And then I got home and I was like, I got home and I was like relaxed. Like by the time I got home, I was like, wow. Like, and I like felt good, but it's because I had like that insane stress response where like my body was just like delivering oxygen, increase my blood pressure, increase heart rate. And then I, compared to like when you if let's say you're in a car and somebody cuts you off like that yeah, and you almost get in that. a car and you almost get in an accident it, you're just gonna sit with that like stress response there's no way to get that out but because i was doing a physical activity i just started pedaling as hard as i could i wanted to get home as fast as i could i used that stress and then i created what's called a u stress response so there's a difference between u stress and de-stress so distress that's where that word comes from is a chronic stress level so basically like you have an extended period of stress but a u-stress response means it goes up and then it comes back down so like exercise is a lot of times a u-stress response assuming that you recover and then you like go home you don't immediately jump into a stressful situation but for the most part like exercise and things like that are a u-stress response where it goes up and then down but the worst thing is when it goes up and then stays there or comes down a little bit and then stays there that's a distress, but I had a use stress response. I was stressed out and then I used that energy for something, but it was crazy. It was like, I had never been so good on my bike after almost dying. Yeah. What but are the in-laws? Like, what's that? What are the in-laws? You stress? What? <laughs> the in-laws. What are you saying? My girlfriend's parents? <laughs> What are you saying? I, I'm never mind. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> what? what a jug he's drinking out of. Oh, my God. This guy's a menace on a podcast these days, eh? He's just a menace. Um, I was gonna say, I'm like, the worst. The, I'm so sorry. Whenever you no, know, yeah. like, <laughs> no, you're not. This guy's been eating. I know. <laughs> what food do you have? Too much. Um, When you get in, like, a... <laughs> The situation where someone like cuts you off or whatever, 
you can't like alleviate that stress but your like mental acuity after that like you're sitting in silence you turn off like you're just like driving and like you're like jesus christ you're just like your heart's racing and you're like like it happens so fast you're just like holy shit yeah like you're so focused after you're like your your eyes are on everything yeah exactly yeah it's it's crazy to feel that like feel that like crazy alertness and like awareness yeah i think also like leveraging like like if you're stressed out about something in your life it's most likely something you care about and you don't like the way something is happening or like maybe you're not putting enough effort into something you care about and you're getting stressed about it that's it's a why, good like, it's a good thing. stress isn't bad though in that case like if you really don't give a shit about something and like you don't care about someone like you don't like respect them when they say some like shitty thing about you, you're like okay well it doesn't really matter so much but if you know someone that like your significant other or like really like your best friends like has an opinion on you that's a bit more negative that's gonna hurt a bit and you're gonna feel stressed out maybe have like a bit of anxiety but maybe it's something that you're not putting enough effort into and you're getting that stress response but use that stress response to improve whatever you're lacking in that thing you care about you know what i mean and like Like, learn it yeah yeah like leverage that stress to become better at something or like if you're stressed about your life because you're not you know putting enough effort into your job then either maybe find a new job you don't love your job but if you do love your job then use that stress that heightened acuity that adrenaline rush like put that energy towards your your job or your career like fixing it and that's exactly like don't let that stress debilitate you and then avoid the thing that you are stressed about because remember it's probably something you care about and then if you're avoiding something you care about you're probably going to start feeling depressed because now you're like you're not getting involved with the thing that you truly love or enjoy yeah yeah yeah. so like fearing away from it's not going to help like that's where that debilitating like factor comes in leverage it and you know and it's obviously hard because it could be a scary unknown that you're going into but at the end of the day that's what's going to make you feel a lot better and it's going to make you understand how to handle those stressful moments a lot better yeah definitely ben i want observe do you have anything to say on that topic that was so much wisdom i loved it it's uh yeah ben i wanted to ask you about um your training over like the last like five six months yes because i know you made like serious improvements in like your Let athletic. me switch my my headphones. My AirPods are about to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Benny's been going off, I'm like very athletic looking. Yeah, stuff. that's that's why I wanted to ask about it. Oh, oh! I just see the lips moving. So I need subtitles. No. Seth, what have you, how have you, how's, wow, I can't talk. How's your training been? The same boring stuff. But I, I love it. You, you're getting into conditioning, yeah? Yeah, soon. I guess Again. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel, I don't know. Okay, you tell me. I, you seem like a happier guy when you're conditioning a lot. Yeah, you're 100%, dude. 100%, yeah. I know. I'm glad you said that because I feel fat and miserable when I'm just tracing strength. <laughs> They're no, like every power lifter. Yeah, literally, literally, man. It's like, it's funny because it's like, I was probably just as strong as I am now in the summer, but I was like, 
I was also doing conditioning. I was leaner. Like I was like 15 pounds lighter than I am. No, maybe not 15, mm-hmm. maybe like 10 mm-hmm. pounds lighter. And yeah, I know it's interesting. Oh, we lost Benny. <laughs> Look, Benny doesn't even know he's not on. <laughs> no, he's just... <laughs> and he's hustling so fast to get on. He doesn't know he's not allowed on. He doesn't even know that he's not even on the anchor anymore. That he's kicked off. That's funny. I can't wait for this. But yeah, man. He's going to no, have I, to turn uh... his zoom on. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It's funny you say that because that's actually a big part of the reason why like I want to get back into conditioning work is because like my overall mental health is way better. Like I don't know about you, like I don't know, I want to hear your take on this. Like my like my like happiness state after like just a resistance training session versus versus just a just a conditioning right. set. <laughs> I'm looking at Ben. It's funny. Oh, versus just a um, just a conditioning session. Like I feel way better. He doesn't even know, Ben. <laughs> it's frantic, actually. I know it's funny. <laughs> he's he's reaching. <laughs> it's you know when you're watching like your pet stress out, or you're watching yeah. like a gerbil stress yeah. out in a hamster cage. This is we're yeah. seeing him just. Go after it. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the chat. You, you keep going, Scotty. Um, but yeah, no, like when I'm, when I'm doing lots of conditioning work, I'm like significantly happier. And it's like after like a really, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like more. O2 being delivered to the muscles. I don't know, there's something euphoric about it, but like after something like really cardiovascular demand wise, I just have this like huge sense of like peace and relaxation. Every time I, I do, do conditioning, I miss it. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Jesus. Hey, what up? Sorry. Take your sweet time. Oh, that sounds better. No That's worries. Quality, right? Yeah, because. Oh, yeah, true. True. Wow. True. So, what was the question? 17 minutes ago um (laughs) it was uh it was it was a merry fuck kill (laughs) that's what it turned to over the two minutes yeah zev zev trap bar deadlifts and burpees (laughs) (laughs) and chicken wings that's his training program yeah um no it was it was tell tell the people listening tell us about like your training over the last like four or five months and like what you from very beginning like what you set out to do and how that changed over the last couple months and yeah just everything about your training because i know you've made lots of improvements um well so yeah i think i started in november i'd say my main focus was i never fulfilled like a a full off-season program um partially due to when i actually understood what to do for an off-season program covid like cut off my access to gyms and I never actually got to fulfill anything. So I wanted to do that. My main goals were increase lower body strength and power. Mm -hmm. um, And obviously a bit of speed as well. I uh, starting my testing this week before my last phase. So the first phase was like, I wanted to improve like mobility because like my squatting, was it was brutal talk um, about that talk about that what you what did you what, what did you notice were the weaknesses what did you address how'd you fix it 
Uh, weaknesses sure. were my ability to like core brace. I was just like, I was always getting lower back stress after squats and lower back pain. Um, I noticed my ankle mobility was brutal. I noticed I got long femurs. Yeah, me too. You got long femurs. Hey, well, like all like hamstrings were tight. Ankle mobility is brutal. Calves were tight. You know, hips were tight. Hip mobility is brutal. Like I wasn't thoracic mobility is brutal. Um, you know, my ability to brace, like it was all affecting my squat. So, I mean, I did that one rep max that actually like, what was like 435. Um, and I was gonna go through a four week protocol training at, I think I was doing like eight or eight to 10 reps for squats. And I mean, what percentage is it? Is that like what? 75? Five seventy-seven percent of your one RM, I think, around ten, or is yeah. it something around yeah. there? Seventy-five, so yeah. That would have been around like in the three hundreds, and you know, I wasn't happy with my mobility. I didn't like, didn't my back didn't feel great after it. Like, it wasn't too bad, but I'm just like, instead of doing that, I just basically took that whole first training block that, like, more of the hypertrophy training block where I was trying to increase tolerance before I went into like a strength training block and just focused on increasing my ankle mobility, increasing my hip mobility. I was doing a lot of breathing techniques just to like focus on creating that intradominal pressure, keeping that pressure throughout my reps and not losing it and just maintaining that focusing on increasing my range of motion on my squat. Um, like I said, I've, and you have long femurs as well. It's hard. Like you get to a point where it's just hard to, you can't, it's hard to get like your ass all the way to grass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it just, it's hard. Like I was when, doing when, when I she, put, when she says go deeper, but there's nothing left. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. left. But <laughs> that's, I was yeah, that's able to <laughs> definitely improve my mobility and my squat range of motion. And I not, I noticed by doing so, I had a lot more activation in my adductors and glutes through a squat, which I never, like I, it was primarily quads based on like the range of motion that I had before. I just felt, which ultimately helped my squat a lot. Like I just felt way stronger, way safer doing it, way more comfortable because, you know, I was able to put that pressure into my core during the lift. My range of motion, up, like for my ankle mobility improved tremendously. I was able to maintain a much better upright body, uh, upright position. I haven't done my strength test for my squats to see where I've improved because I did. I didn't retest after the end of the four weeks. I just, I felt strong to go into my original plan for the protocol off the five, 435. So I, I think I was like by the end of week, by end of uh, this last training block, I think I was doing like four by threes, like. 375 something like that and it felt really good and really strong and i was happy i didn't want to like push too hard i think i want to retest because i did improve my range of motion and i did have to build strength in that range of motion mm -hmm. so i wasn't necessarily following the protocols of the 435 initial squat so yeah. i'm going to be doing that retest this week to kind of see where i'm at um and then something that 
I've kind of made the decision to make after my last, like my last four weeks of strength. And I had like some power aspects to it as well. There was just so much volume that, and it was good because I came out of it. I was able to go through the four weeks and obviously like this deload week was well needed. And like, I was eventually, I think by like the end of my final week, cause I was doing split squats as well during it. Mm-hmm. I was just able, I think uh, it, like barbell. Uh, I was using a safety bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think hands, I, I, hands free. Yeah. I just, I would have my hands just like nice. on the rack just to, as a bit of guidance for, so I, so I would be able to keep like that forward lean and, not go upright in the bar, fly off. Yeah. Um, but I was doing like 315, like four by threes. Holy shit, man. But dude, my, like my, dude, that leg day, I would do my four by three squat. Like I was pairing a lot of power with it as well. Like by the end of the last week, I was doing like that French contrast where I do four by three squat. I would do, so the whole, there was four exercises, four sets. I do three reps in the back squat at like, what was like 365, 375. Then I would do um, barbell jump squats, uh, 115. Then I would do a depth drop, CMJ. This is all in one set? Yeah. Holy and shit. And then a banded squat jump, like three reps. Then after that. And then you would and then you'd do it all over again for three full yeah, sets. Yeah, so I'd rest for like three minutes. And then <laughs> I'd do it for the four sets. Jesus Christ. And then I would do a barbell clean yeah um it was very light i'm still working on improving my barbell clean because it's not the best i had to improve like a lot of my lat mobility and wrist mobility and uh front rack position but i was doing that and then i do like a med ball rotary throw then i do a three by three barbell split squat in that same day at like 300 15 pounds holy shit man and then single leg broad jumps like there's so much volume single leg broad so you just leap off of one leg and land on two yeah so i do single leg broad jumps with that i was doing split squat jumps at the start but then i just wanted to progress it and do like we don't have any we didn't have any plyo boxes at the gym we just got them now but i was doing a lot of just like plyometrics on the turf or you know using a bench whatever so it was a fuck ton of volume but I felt I built a foundation and I was really good with recovery. Like I'm, I was consistent with sleep schedule, like 11 to seven. I was always making sure I was rolling out after every session, stretching, doing recovery days. Like I was like optimizing my recovery. So like, I wouldn't feel sore after that session. Like the next day I would feel fine. Wow. Damn, man. You know what I mean? So crazy. obviously I don't know. I don't, the- I don't know what you mean because if I did that, I'd be in a wheelchair. But by the end of four weeks, like, I was feeling it and there were some of those, I would, I had some other accessories at the end of those sessions that I decided to take out because it was just, it wasn't, I wasn't getting any benefit from them at that point. Like it was just too much. Like I think I needed to just have that focus on those strengths components, like the squat. And I would say the split squat, putting those two together was definitely a lot, but I was able to manage it for four weeks. And I, I mean, I think going forward, I'm not even going to squat in my next mm-hmm. block. I'm just going to do split squat. I'm just going to do single leg strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, yeah, because I think it's – it's. I find it obviously like utilizing what – you know, building that single leg strength. Like soccer is a single leg sport. And um, 
I think if I just optimize working on improving my split squat and working on a lot of single leg plow metrics and the volume's going to be a lot less basically for yeah, this yeah, next, yeah. next phase. Me, it's go ahead. The adaptation from like those four weeks is going to be crazy. I've like never, you. yeah, dude, I've never followed a program. Like if any, anytime I followed a program, it was when I like my upper, when I gained like, a bunch of muscle upper body when I first started like training at like during my time at FHP, like I've never followed a lower body strengthening protocol. So that was like the main thing, but I'm happy that my first four weeks were building a foundation for my, you know, my mobility, my technique, making sure that I'm protecting myself. If I want to increase like my weight immensely on, you know, my functional list, because if I just did that, like after that fourth, third, like the one rep max squat, if I just went and followed the protocols of, you know, the percentage of one RMs throughout those reps and whatever, who knows? I could have fucked myself up by the amount of weight and yeah. the amount of weight frequently instead of like kind of like dropping my ego and just taking that four weeks to drop the weight. Like I was doing like one 135 pound squats at the very start, but just pause reps, focusing on control, all that stuff. And then now when I did my strength block, like my squats felt amazing. Like, and my like recomposition of my legs has been insane. Like it's, I've, they've gotten smaller, but like the muscle definition yeah, just yeah, yeah. by building the strength there, which is like, I'm something I'm super pumped about Yeah, because like the power difference and my ability to like on each leg, the strength and power and explosiveness is like the best feeling ever. Like I feel just like sound and like, any position I go into, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm scared of getting an injury or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the next four weeks is going to be good because I'm feeling strong. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be very high intensity, but lower volume. <laughs> it's it's going to be like a power dominant with some strength as well. And then a lot of conditioning. Like I'm going to do a lot, a lot of, uh, interval conditioning um and then some some running we'll see how if it affects my my time in the gym then i'll probably dim it down a bit but <clears throat> i'll do stuff on the assault bike a lot of conditioning i was doing five days a week on the first two training blocks i'm probably gonna drop it down to four in terms of like my in, yeah, yeah. in gym training like strength conditioning power and everything like that because i feel good and i feel like I don't need that crazy volume right now. I just, I just want to like fine tune some things and then improve conditioning because I think that's a huge, and I'm actually, I just, I'm going to go on a diet as well. I want to, uh, yeah, I want to, um, carnivore. I'm like carnivore, straight meat. <laughs> Fruititarian. Um, I liver actually, king. Like, to, yeah. Just raw liver in the gym between yeah. each set. Yeah. Um, no, today I actually just decided that I want to go on. I've been thinking about it, but today I like kind of started the, you know, like the roadmap for it. But I'm like two, like I'm between like 200, 203 morning weight check. I want to get down to like 195. So, yeah. so I mean, I'm going to try it out. I think my T, my TD, like my total daily energy expenditure is based on the calculation, like 3,300. 3,400 to kind of maintain like maintenance based on my activity level. So I'm dropping down to like 3,000, 3,100 just to see. I mean, I'm not, 
I don't necessarily have to do this. And I don't want to rush it. If I can do it like a sustainable approach where it's not affecting my energy levels throughout the day. And well, how many months up, do you have? Um, till like end of April. Oh yeah. Three months. But then it's like, I don't have to be at that goal right then because yeah, yeah. The, the increase in training and all that stuff is going to like probably, you know, help because it'll be a lot of it's only like eight pounds too like it's super reasonable even if i got to like 197 i'm happy like mm. i and i'm gonna be doing a lot of conditioning work as well so my conditioning will be will be good it should be good um so i'm just gonna try it out i've never done a diet in my fucking life so yeah. so we'll see how it goes so I eat how sensitive how sensitive are you use your body to change uh, well, when it comes to cha- like changing diet, does it shed well, pounds I, quick when you do that? I've never. Like, I can gain weight really fast. Like, like a... have you ever accidentally have you ever been sick and you just don't eat as much for like three days and you're like, "Fuck, I lost a lot of weight in three days," or does your body not change? Um. Well, I've definitely been like that before. I don't even remember if I even like I felt thinner, but I don't think I've ever like checked like the scale. I think I just yeah. kind of like. I, I rarely ever check the scale. Like now I do it more frequently because I don't want to like, I want to make sure that I'm not getting heavier just because of my sport. Like I don't want to, like it's very easy for me to like just start climbing up. That's why I, like, I don't even do any upper body stuff at all. I do like once a week, like a full like upper body session where it's just like pull-ups, dips, some rows and maybe some like corrective exercises for my shoulder just because well, I don't, what's that? Oh, Benny, real quick. Sorry. Is, imagine you could literally do anything, the tiniest thing. If we're talking seven pounds or like even less because of the 197 thing, you could do like barely anything. And then like a month later, you'd be there and you wouldn't even notice it depending on how quickly you shed. Yeah. I just, I don't, I want to maintain like all my strength, power. I want to be active. So like I'm, I'm going to be increasing my activity a lot. It's just a volume. In terms of like the weight training is not going to be higher. The intensity is going to be really high, but I'm adding in this conditioning aspect as well with a bit of a calorie deficit. I'm, you know, I'm just going to see how it is and just kind of trial and error it and see how I feel. And I think you're a true mesomorph, Benny. You're like, yeah, the def- yeah you're like the definition of a mesomorph for sure. I think yeah. it's like, I think well, it's somewhat easy for you to like lose weight, gain and build muscle for sure. I think yeah. I think well, you hold on to lean tissue like crazy. I'm gonna that just make lean. sure the protein intake is like optimal, just to make sure. And I'll be still strength training, so hopefully it's just like, I mean, I don't really know ex- what my exact body fat percentage is. It's probably maybe like eight or nine percent. Twenty percent? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. That <laughs> mine's twenty. Mine's twenty for sure. <laughs> but Benny, Benny, you imagine you could literally be more full than you are now and and maintain that lower weight. Imagine, like, imagine that, right? Like, you could easily be stuffed, stuffed to the brim, and you would be <laughs> maintaining that low weight. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, like, because like my maintenance calories are around like thirty three to thirty five hundred. That's so, That's so crazy. Like you, you could legit pig out so hard and I on think I've been, proteins I've and veg, and you're good. Yeah, I've been eating my maintenance because I really haven't 
fluctuate like too crazy. So I just need to like I like I I eat pretty good for the most part. I just don't really track everything. So it's just gonna be a fun thing to try in the new training block and going forward. That's exciting, man. I'm excited to see how that like block of such intense like lower body training translates on the field this summer. Yeah, yeah, like, I want to see your numbers, man. I want to see if your performance realist, changes, yeah. your vert and stuff. Well, I'm doing all my power testing this week as well. I'm doing like trap bar, one RM. I'll probably do the squat one RM, and this, I'll do a split squat one RM. It probably won't be over just this week. More likely than feed into next week a bit, just depending on how I'm feeling. I don't really know, but I could be fine in terms of, like my body's feeling fine because um, I just like I just had a deload week, but. Um, I mean, like the last training block, I was doing like a power, kind of like a strength power day on like the Monday. Then the Tuesday would be just lower body strength strictly and like single leg strength. Then the Wednesday would be off. And then same thing on the Thursday, like a mix of like a power speed day. And then Friday, lower body strength. And then someday on the weekend, I'll do like, like that full upper body. So, and I do a lot of like horizontal sled work and jumping and bounding and heavy stuff, like literally just the simple stuff and just loading it. So we'll see. I mean, it's, I, I felt, I've been feeling good the whole training program. I haven't felt any pain or disruptions. Lower back feels good. Try to keep up with mobility, all that stuff, core strengthening. I'm excited too. I'm, uh, it'll be cool to see how how the end of this because I'm going to do my testing this week and then do a retest at the end of this next four weeks and see improvements. I won't retest the squat because I'm not going to do it this training block, but I'll I'll retest the uh, trap bar and split squats and all the power stuff as well, like the single leg broad jumps, lateral bounds, vert, all that stuff. So it'll be good. Dude, I, I love that you're fired up. Oh, I love it. I love it's that. Weird. I, I always get burnt out. I have a weird issue with like, obviously like probably the first like 60, 70% of something like being pretty dedicated to it. And then just tapering off near the end and just losing focus and stuff like that. The biggest thing that's helped me throughout this 12 weeks or eight weeks so far is just not getting excited about it. Just like just going in and doing it and just not thinking of it as something a big, that's a big deal. Yeah, I can't help it. Um, and creepy. But, um, <laughs> do you get bored? Do you get bored with training, Benny? No, not right now. Like, I haven't been. No, I Let's mean, see. like when you were saying, like towards the end of like you start out really strong with something, and then towards the end, you I, get yeah, bored? I don't know. I just I think probably get distracted, get bored. I, I just have this weird habit of just not finishing things that like I try to work on. I think a lot of it is just like probably at the start I just went guns a blazing and like just burnt myself out but I've just kind of like I mean I I remember Huberman talking about like if you if you're like you get that huge like dopamine reset like you like that big celebration after something or like there's been a very hard task and you finally completed it and you just like you're just like flushed out like you just don't have the drive anymore and it's like managing those like dopamine responses so it's like the same thing like if you're in a, like with that kobe scene where he's like oh you guys just won the game are you feeling great right now it's like it's not done yet like you know what i mean like that yeah. kind of thing like you don't yeah, yeah. 
like, I don't need to really celebrate anything in my program right now because one, I'm not done. And two, I realize if I get like this over ambitious feeling of, of what I'm doing, I'm going to burn out based on like previous experiences. So I just know that I've created a plan and just on Monday, I have to go in and do this on Tuesday. I have to go and do this. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously there's days where you have motivation. Obviously there's days where you don't want to do it, but I've been able to just push myself to just go in and do it and leave don't it at ce- Don't celebrate. Don't celebrate. Don't celebrate. Like, it doesn't matter. Like I, like, I just try to think of it as just something I have to do. Like, there's no – and if I'm going to do it, I'm doing it 100%. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you just go – and I feel good after after the ses- after doing it. Like, I feel really good. Like, I completed the session, If I, especially if I didn't want to do it that day. But it's not like a big celebration. It's not like I get a reward out of it. Like, my reward is at the end when I – do my testing and there's improvements but even then i don't even want to have a big like once like i transition to the season i like i don't want there to be like some big like huge celebration for that off-season program and then maybe now i don't have any drive to do my in-season program now it's like i'm not gonna do as much gym work and i just want it to transition and i'll recognize whatever results i get if they're positive on the field or in the gym but it just is what it is. Like I'm just, I just want to just keep that maintenance and be able to keep that energy and keep putting that towards my training and not just taper off and lose all that momentum. Mm-hmm. So that's like the biggest battle. Zev, do you have anything you've learned recently that you want I to just, share with us? Yeah, just kind of went on a rant. It's okay. No, no I love that. <clears throat> I need to vicariously live through people like you, Ben, to light a fire under my tuchus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll, I'll let it find your tooks. That that I needed in my life too is your little mouth trick. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Any, those that can't see the video are just like, whoa, whoa, TMI. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Wow. No, that, well, th- there's always cool stuff, but I want to know, Scott. You haven't talked a lot. I need to hear. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear what's in that brain of yours. What's going on? What do you, you guys? Have a new program, right? Uh, no, I'm finishing a new program right now. Well, not. A, I'm finishing a program right now. Um, it's just a strength block. Like it was really just like strength and hypertrophy. It was good. Like I didn't get a ton stronger, but I I definitely built like a ton of muscle over the last like. 12 weeks probably since i moved to vancouver i started like i got really dialed in with my training because i just spend like monday to friday in the gym so it's like i really in between clients to just get my workout in is really focused so and i was like i didn't really get stronger in like the squat bench and deadlift but i got significantly stronger in like all of my accessories like things like lap pull down or like an incline dumbbell press or like a cable fly like face pull like smaller accessory stuff that like really will add up to hypertrophy so yeah i definitely built some muscle but it wasn't anything crazy i need to get back to like conditioning and more like i want to get more back into like some crossfit metcons and stuff because i do really enjoy that training and i like i like that performance side of things Mm -hmm. but i want to ask you guys what is your what does your dream life look like benny go you want me to go first no, Zev, you, you haven't talked. Yeah, Zev, you, you haven't talked. You go first. Uh, you guys know I want to work like an hour or two a day 
and then randomly be able to go on a road trip, like sleep wherever, go hike mountains all over the U.S. and fly wherever I want, whenever I want. What does that What does that look like? How do you get there? I'm gonna do that via investing in mainly real estate, and then. That's cool. pretty much the vehicle. That's pretty much the vehicle. So when you say work one hour a day, are you personal training? Yes, yes. Where? In your gym? In somebody else's gym? Wherever I go. I, I love the thought of living somewhere for a month and just literally walking into some place, getting hired, giving my two weeks notice after they train me <laughs> and like training one day, like legit, and then just moving on <laughs> and just like working one hour a day. That'd be such a waste of time. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even work a client. You wouldn't even get. I a wouldn't client. even have a client. I know. I'd need to. I need you'd, to like run some fitness classes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. classes. Yeah, exactly. I, I'll figure that out when we get there. But, yeah. That's that's the dream life, man. But it's funny. Family's not in that picture, to be honest. Not yet. No. No, not yet. Why don't you wait? So you don't want kids? No, right now. Do you think that'll change? No desire whatsoever. Sorry? Do you think that? Why not? Maybe. Yeah, it's just uh, something. I'll hold, kids might hold me down. Uh, and down. then I'll be hold a grumpy old man. Hold oh. you down from what? From seeing Utah, Washington, Texas, uh, northern Canada, BC. Like, they all have school. They all need to be picked up. They all need but what to have if their you ass wait, wiped. What if you... <laughs> What if you did that? What if you did that from now till the time you're 35 or 40, mm, and, and then and then had kids? True. Maybe that's what I should do. Do you want you like? Could, do you, you could... want kids? Let's say kids didn't hold you down. Would you want kids? Yeah. Yeah. No. And don't get me wrong. If if life, if I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, this is overrated, going seeing places, then then I'll probably be like, okay, let's do yeah. it. Let's have a family. And I can bring the kids when they get older wherever I go. So. Do family trips. You know, but uh, that's, it's, it, yeah. That's that. <laughs> what do you guys, what do you guys think makes a, like, if you were to be fathers, how, what would you want to be like as a father? Like what, what do you think like a good father entails? Like having experienced your own father, like your own father's, seeing other fathers like seeing people that you respect seeing their characteristics like like we've talked about this in the past but like parenting is literally the most important job in the world and it's not taken seriously enough so like if you guys were if you guys were to try to be the best fathers you could and like really give your kids everything that you could as a man like what would that look like what would you try to focus on i think whatever you say that they should do as a a teaching moment that should be something that you do already oh i could ben yes oh my god that gave me an like, emotional erection i love that you said that so i needed that that was so um, good yes <laughs> like if you tell your kid to exercise like you should be exercising if you tell your kid to eat healthy you should be eating healthy if you tell your kid that they shouldn't act out emotionally in a response to something stressful you shouldn't be acting out emotionally and like a stressful like with a stressful response mm-hmm. i think whatever mannerisms whatever things that you expect them to live by you should be living by because if you say it 
we already know this. They're gonna remember what they see, not what they hear. One hundred percent. Maybe, maybe right initially they'll listen to what you say, but if they quickly notice that you don't follow your own teaching lessons, then they're gonna be like, "Why am I? Why am I doing it?" You know what I mean? One hundred. So I think that's the hey. main thing. I think it's establishing your values and make like I think before you have kids, you should establish your values and what you think is important, and make sure you are also doing those. Yes, Ben. Oh my God, I don't even have to <laughs> Benny say just my, Benny <laughs> Benny needs to just oh yeah, yeah right. I don't book, have Benny. to say anything. That was perfect. Yeah, I couldn't but, agree more. Hey, but fellas, let's be careful about our self talk in regards to expectations and acceptance. Like if we start thinking okay, if I exercise and they see me exercising, they're going to be fit. They're going to want to. And then all it takes is one day you're like, oh, my God, what I thought was true isn't. The kid doesn't want to exercise. And now we're talking about, like, we're confronting a belief that it might be false. And, like, just all I'm saying is if we expect that, if we, you know I mean, if we expect a kid to do what they see and they don't, now we're like, yeah. that's where we they might won't. get emotional. So like, kids, it's not it's not a guarantee, right? It's not a guarantee that kids will no, do everything we definitely do. Definitely not. No, definitely not. No, no, no. But I think you're. But it's it's a net positive because even if you do ten things that are ten things that make you a better person and that you really value and you have recognized through your experience are like going to improve your life, and your kid only picks up one of those, like that's good. Like it's like at least they're doing yes, yes. something I think from you. One hundred percent. I think you want to make sure you're a role model like I, you want your kid to look up at least, like look up to you as some role model to be like i think that would be something good to aim for as a yeah. father so like like and that relates exactly to what i just said like being like your word has value like what you yeah. say for them to do or what you know you'll do what like you promise them like make sure you fulfill those in action so that they understand that they can trust you and they can respect you that you're gonna you are who you say you are yeah and, yeah yeah and you and you're expect what you expect from them is what you expect from yourself yeah definitely. and I, it, and let's just, let's say some of those things don't pan out they don't love fitness or whatever it is like there's a better you're better off at least trying and going down that pathway than the latter i also Which think is, i also think exactly. like I also think things like trying to emulate like hobbies are such a superficial level of like creating somebody's character. Right. Because it's like, just because we do fitness doesn't mean that defines us. So it's like, even if they, I think the value in displaying like doing fitness and like taking care of others and being a kind person and like being smart with money or whatever your values are. I think the value that your kid learns from that is like, not necessarily that they should be doing fitness, even though that is important. It's the fact that like fitness requires some sort of discipline and plan of action and struggle and like working hard. They're going to learn that lesson as a part of you doing fitness. So even if they don't get involved in fitness, maybe they grow up to be somebody who has these, has the tools to be disciplined and to make Mm -hmm. a plan and to fail and overcome it. Same as like, if they see if they see their dad who's like always having people over at the house and hosting people and being very kind and being generous and like being good in social situations maybe they won't host tons of parties or something like that but they will learn to be kind and generous and good people and be social and be witty mm-hmm. and things like that like they're going to learn 
they're going to learn your mannerisms and the way you act and the way you conduct yourself. And they're going to learn your values. And I think Ben said that word values. It's so important. It's like, they don't have any frame of reference when they're born. Right. So they have school and they have like, they're going to spend a lot of time at school. They're arguably learn more at school than they will from you, but they have to start out with some sort of set of core values. And that's going to change. Mm-hmm. They're not they're, They won't share your values for the rest of your life. But if you can at least start them out on a pretty good footing that you figured out a value system that works for you and that will work for most people, then from there, they can take that and then they can grow older. They can get along in society. They can achieve some successes. They can learn things about themselves and then they'll have the tools to create their own value system. But if yeah. they just come in and they don't have uh, somebody to look up to who has any sense of value or has any sense of like, working hard or all of these things that we care about that's going to help us along in life and improve our quality of life then that kid's lost and they're just subject to they're just subject to whoever they see and like whoever tells them hey you should do this whether it's wrong or right so i think it's so important for like the mom and the dad to have values and i think that should be set before you have a kid like i think Mm -hmm. figure out People have kids way too young, man. Way too young. Yeah, I think figure out whatever. Like, I'm. I doubt there's any individual our age that has figured out what means the most to them and have worked like have worked on their insecurities and made them and you know built confidence in those areas to feel better about themselves. And because like if you have an insecurity about something, that's probably like something that means a lot to you, but you're just not at a place where you're happy about where you're at with it. So like, I think once we, you know, you establish things that, that are valuable, valuable to you and that you implement to your life that you want to implement to your kids. Like that's when you start, you know, and your partner as well, because they have to be on the same page and you like, you both have to be on the same page. Like, I think that should be a discussion between both of you because you're probably going to have different values, but you have to like, you ask them, what do they want for their kid? And if they're saying these things, but they're not doing them themselves, then it's like, okay, well, let's think like we, like how, how can we change that? Or how can we alter our values? But like, how can we make sure that I mean, at the end of the day, like every kid, no matter what situation, they're going to deal with some, probably some type of trauma, some shit's going to happen. Like they're probably going to have a very, you know, very low spot in their life, probably in their teenage years. But if you can kind of build a system where they have a better way to handle it versus if you, if, if you weren't, you know, a, a father or a mother that, kind of taught them those core values and how to like the discipline, like the way to, you know, leverage stress or just be like, communicate your feelings, all that stuff for them to better handle those situations that come up. I don't even know where where I started with this, this point. You started, you started talking about, um, like why, why kids suck really that's no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> no you started <laughs> continue continues no no you talked about you got to talk to your partner about this yeah so i think it's just important to like it just all leads back to being a role model t- <laughs> towards your kids and like giving them the foundations to be able to overcome all the stress and <laughs> And uh, I hate myself seven. Stress. <laughs> that's a use. That's a username. That's like a Reddit username. I hate myself seven. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I guess that's what. 
I mean, then that's it, that's what your wait. kid that's that's the username your kids gonna that's use what my kids in, in the in the metaverse. Yeah. I hate myself. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Also, that's ah, uh, that's the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. No, no, no. Analogy time. So I love what you were saying, Scott, about you can build a kid up with your principles and their kids when they're young. It's like you sculpt something and then you can't sculpt it anymore. So then the elements for the rest of these kids, like the elements take over the sculpture. It's like it grows weeds or it chips away, but like you've sculpted the original shape and it's kind of there. And then there's an outlier for kids with mental issues, like some sort of illness mentally. That's where like a tornado comes and crushes your sculpture. Yeah, because that's that's out of control. Yeah, exactly. Like it. What you can control is like what we were discussing before, and I think you just have to try to control it as best as possible. And you'll probably still fuck up, (laughs) probably still mess up. Probably say you'll probably communicate something improper. You'll probably maybe there'll be a moment that you do act out emotionally, but then it comes to like how do you handle that situation then, like. Boys, Talk. see, I'm so scared of the baggage aspect. Sorry, sorry Benny. No, go no. ahead. No, no, no. I think I cut you off. I think I fully just cut you off. No, I, I was just saying, like, another learning curve is showing that you can make mistakes. But, you have like, it's better to not avoid it and, like, try to, like, like, I mean, it's obviously hard to always fess up to when you do something wrong. But I think that's a huge trait to have because – nothing wrong with making mistakes like don't avoid them like accept it apologize for it own it and then just try to become better not be perfect because you can't be the perfect father and you know or mother or whatever it is like it's just not you're gonna be impossible this is gonna be a good dad this yes exactly i always think about that it's hard to believe it's hard to as much as i want to be a good dad it's like i I think we all look at ourselves as like lesser than what we really are. So it's like, it's hard to see me being a dad. Like I feel, I feel like a teenager still. Like I feel so Same. young and immature. Oh, dude. I'm so, so immature. Boys, yeah. boys, I'm so scared of the baggage that's inevitable. Let's take this example. Parents love road trips. They take their kids on road trips. The kid, just because of their brain being some jumbled Rubik's cube when they're born, hates road trips. They grow up resenting the road trips. That's baggage. So they judge people who go on road trips and they seek out a partner who won't want road trips. Then their kids grow up not ever going on a road trip. The kids resent people that don't go on road trips because of the way their jumbled Rubik's Cube was made. And then they go uh, have a family that only goes on road trips and the cycle never ends. That's baggage. That's the inevitable baggage. That scares the shit out of me in regards to having kids. That I'm just yeah. projecting only what I like all the time, and I might piss a kid off for my own selfish reasons. I don't think I don't think you'll only focus on what you like. Like I think if your if your kid came to you and said like, if your kid came to you and said like, Dad, I really don't like road trips, but I want to learn to play the trumpet, and you have no interest in the trumpet yourself, you would help them learn to play the trumpet. You'd put them in music lessons, and you would like. If that's what your kid wanted to do, you would probably do it, right? Like, I think you're like, I don't, Isaiah, I couldn't see. That'd be perfect. I, That'd be perfect well, if they communicated. <laughs> yeah, but, but, well, you can't, you need to communicate with them, right? You need to ask mm-hmm, them. If, mm-hmm. It would be very obvious if your kid hated right. road trips, right? Right. So then you could say, hey, very like, true. hey, I, I can tell that you're not having fun. Like, what do you enjoy? Like, what, like, what, 
Is there mm-hmm. anything that your friends do as you've seen people doing that you want to learn how to do? Like, how can we make road trips more enjoyable? Like, it's like, it needs to Bingo. be like, needs to be reciprocal, right? It's not like your kid is just bound to resent you for something. Like, I think yeah. also, yeah. I think also, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm guilty of this. Like, my fears of relationships and parenting are all just projections of what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm like, same. yeah. So it's like anything that anything that I'm scared of when it comes to marriage or children, it's just because I, it's just because I dealt with that. But the whole, but the whole point of like you going through things in life is so that you can take, yeah, take those lessons and then make it better for your children and try to know, try your best. Like there's going to be, it could all go horribly wrong, but as long as you put your best foot forward, like that's all that matters. And I guess you can think about it. Like, like look at yourself as a kid and how you are like the fact we're even having this conversation, whatever shit we went through, look at, we came out on top to Mm -hmm. the most, for the most part, it's like, maybe there'll be a similar situation with if we have kids, but do your best to guide them through it. And like, it comes to a point where now they're not just only soaking in what you do. It's like, they're building their own identity and they have to kind of take whatever steps forward to change something about their life. I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect world where everything that we do is accepted especially with kids, like they're around you all the time. Like it's like when your parent tells you to do something and then let's say someone else tells you to do it, the exact same thing. Like it's very easier to like follow what the other person would say just because like, oh, your parents bugging you about it. Like, oh, I need you to start training, like whatever this, like I need you to start working out more. Like you got to be healthy versus like, what if like a motivational speaker that you love so much says it, it's the exact same words, but just because it was mm-hmm. someone else that mm-hmm said it and it wasn't your parent like you never it's just how like that's just a relationship between parents and kids mm-hmm. but i think at the end of the day if they respect you that's like the main thing because you can't always be your kid's best friend i don't no. think that's you that's can't not, always be no. the no that shouldn't be like it should be i've seen it back after when they like turn 25 26 they look back at everything uh, your relationship you know when when they were younger and all those like moments where you said you hated them and like it was really bad and there was tension that they can look back and like respect how you were as a parent because it's all in hindsight. Like you'll, the amount of times parents say, Oh, you'll understand when you're, when you're older. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you really do understand once you've gone through it and you grow older and experience it. And then that's why you see like a lot of like mothers and daughters or fathers and sons or like vice versa. Like after like they rekindle the relationships and they're better than ever once they hit like 25, 30 and they're like, they start to really understand where their parents were and where they're coming from in those situations and what they were trying to do. And they have a lot of respect for the parents now. Like those relationships are stronger than ever. And they build a good, a good relationship because like every kid probably thinks they know what's right and what's wrong. And until they've experienced it, obviously you don't really understand it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even know. What I'm so, are you are you guys pumped to go into parenthood? Yeah, let's go. I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm excited but I'm in no rush. Like I want to. No I plan. I plan. Like, man, honestly, like 35, 40. Like, I don't want. I don't want kids for a long time. Probably a 30s. It depends. Like, I can't. I have like, if I get to a point in my life where I'm happy with everything that I'm in, then maybe that's the time. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm just focused oh, on wait, that wait. right now. What are you implying, Benny? Like right now, you're not content with everything, which in which there's no, well, no connotation to that seen... statement. I'm curious. Well, no, it's not that I'm not happy. It's just I oh, plus seen... I want to hear about your ideal life. I didn't get to hear about your ideal life. Oh, ideal life. Um, wake up, train in the morning with high level. Yeah, that too between sets. Um, train with high level athletes in the morning, probably like small groups, ideally. Um, and then off for the rest of the day and maybe like go do some fun hobby like golf or some sport or hike or whatever it is for like that afternoon and then if I have a family spend the rest of my evening till like bedtime with family if I have kids who are in sports like making sure that they're you know driving there being a part of the experience like watching them play even if it's not sports like if it's whatever th- like whatever hobby or whatever activity or whatever they're into being a part of it and trying to help and guide and just having that as my focus not getting caught up like having to work till 7 p.m and missing shit all the mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. like i want to be a part i want to like work in the morning do stuff that i enjoy early afternoon while they're still at school after that put my time and effort towards that and just have fun, do fun stuff. I love that. Let's go. That's awesome. I think if like, Fellas, just have fun. Just have fun. Just wait, fun. wait, what out of that dream could you start influencing now in your life? I could. Well, right now the, the training, like it's still like my career is in a bit of a mix match, right? Like right now with everything. So, did you say hiking? Did you mention hiking? Just like a hobby or something. Like I a hobby. Something like okay. I like any like I want to be active. And obviously, I forgot to mention there like do my own training like every day. So that would probably be maybe even really early in the morning or like right after my work, like twelve o'clock. Like do my own training. Make sure I'm always staying healthy and active. And so I want to be able to squat when I'm eighty. I want to be able to. I want to be able to jump when I'm 75, 80. Like I want to be able to do all that stuff. So have that longevity aspect. Um, do you currently have any, do you currently have any hobbies? That's <laughs> good. But it sounds like, like, do you have any hobbies? No, no, no. But like, what hobbies do you have? Or, or do you want any um, new ones? Is that what you're implying? No, no. Like I, um, no I hobbies. Working out. <laughs> if I continue working out. If I can like go play golf in the afternoon, mm-hmm, like I don't know, mm-hmm. like right whatever it may be, like just like enjoy life, like go out and do like the little things that are fun. Um, is it is it that doing that? Friends. Oh, sorry, my bad. I'm the CEO of cutting everyone off today. Sorry. It's okay, I'm the worst at it too. Um, so say what you were gonna say though, because I was just gonna finish my sentence there anyways. <laughs> you finish your sentence. <laughs> no, I don't. I was just gonna say like just do fun stuff. Like I like just. I don't even know. I, I'm just very like spontaneous sometimes. Like if I can still work out and maybe go grab a burrito, then I'm happy. That is definitely part of the retirement. And obviously, plan, like with my like with my significant other, like depending on like ideally, I'd want them to be a part of that. Taylor, mm. that okay. That seems like a big chunk of it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, just because a lot of that stuff you can implement today. Um, but I was gonna a lot of stuff like I I have. Uh, 
Yeah, let's go. Right let's, on. Look, what, what were you going to say? <laughs> I, I was, my breath was taken away when Scott <laughs> started giving us a bodybuilding show for free. <laughs> ben did it first. Wow. <laughs> Uh, no, no, that, um, no, it doesn't even matter anymore. I, it was, it was want, along those lines. I want to trade crypto as well. Facts, oh, right on. Facts. Yeah. I want to, I want to run my gym in the metaverse. Yeah. I don't even want to like own, ideally I'd want to own some properties. Maybe during the day I would like, I, 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 if I could be a firefighter, that'd be cool too. That'd be pretty dope. But if I could we'll live a long life. You'll be able to have multiple careers. Because, like, I don't want to own a gym necessarily. I wouldn't mind, like, working with a professional sports team. I think that'd be really dope as well. But if I could also find a way to just train just high-level athletes in the morning, because at the end of the day, it probably wouldn't be enough to sustain living. Like, because I want to be, like, at least, like, fairly financially stable. I don't want to be chasing the bag. Like, I don't need all this money but I want enough where I can support my family, do things. If I want to go out and like go eat out at like a nice restaurant, if I want to go play around a golf, if I want to go travel twice a year for a week or two and go see a cool place, like all those things, then, you know, I don't think just the training in the morning will cut that. I would like to own some properties, have some like passive income coming in where I can just like, I mean, you're like, just enjoy the fun things on earth for me. It's just like, you know, some activities, seeing friends, like think about like the lockdown, like, you know, like you have like a couple clients throughout the day, maybe you'll go like hang out, just chill, maybe watch like a couple shows or go see some friends or go on a hike or go throw a football, like implement as much as that. But obviously like you're gonna have to have a lot more financial security because you'll be mm. You'll have a family and a house and expenses and all that stuff. Like that just like joy of just like the freedom of things. But like I'd love working, love training, but I don't want to take up my whole day because I won't be able to do a lot of stuff. But you want just like that that fine line of like that balance. That kind of makes sense. See, yeah. I'm glad you, you brought that up. That like you need that financial security, but you also want a family, this and that. So I think, fellas, that's for me the predicament. I, I'm really scared that I'll have a family and then I'll be that guy, that cranky guy to be like, what would life, what, what would life been like without this family? Would I've been able to go all over the world and yeah, like, but, just do yeah, whatever, but, but you know, you, but even, but even if you don't have a family and you're that guy that's traveling the world, you're going to be thinking, what if I had a family? Exactly. And actually I went through this, it was like a year and a half ago. I was like, oh my God, life will be over. If I... And I started to spiral and then I just realized, well, I'll accept either. And actually, okay, this is going to sound so fucking twisted, but I was thinking, <laughs> actually, there's a way to have that freedom, even with a family, just <laughs> gear up for this. This is messed up. So, the, okay, first, <laughs> to give context. So we all love the thought of, imagine you can go work for a couple months somewhere and then pick up and leave because you have the financial stability to do so and you just keep you can move whenever you want quit a job whenever you want so now you understand that i was like you can't really just do that with a family you can't just like be like i'm done with this family i'm gonna go travel unless you foster like foster like 
Like, if you foster you a child, and, and it could be three, four years, but it's not 30 years of someone's life. Of being Wait, so you're just going to foster raise a kid for four <laughs> years? And then... they're, no, they're foster parents. It sounds ridiculous. They're foster parents that, that do this for only a few years at a time, or kids, they're a place for kids to kind of come and go. Wait, wait, so you will run a foster home? Yeah. <laughs> so there'll be just them? tons of orphans in your house? Not, not, like you... <laughs> not tons. It, it could be literally one or two kids. And I'm in the what system. What if the wants to stay with you? That just, and they just, stay, they just stay in your house and you travel around and you don't, you're not their parent? Who's their parent? Well, in the foster system, they have a parent who's either in rehab or, do, or dealing with stuff, or they're in the midst of getting adopted. No, I mean, no, I mean like, who, like, who's at the house, like, taking care of them? Oh, like, I'd be their parent. For four we, years? For four years or, or a couple of years. And, and, then, then, and then you just put them back into, like, the foster system? <laughs> if, no, like, hopefully they get adopted. Hopefully they get adopted. Hopefully they, get, they reunite with their parent again. So, like, and you... then I t- and then I tell the agency after they get adopted or reunited, I tell the agency I'm not taking anyone else. So, okay, I think I get it now. Okay. I kind of understand what you're saying. So then I, I can take care of a baby, I... and so I can the if... kid will be three years old, and then they get adopted, and I'll be like, okay, I'm done for another decade, and then I just go travel, and then maybe I'm bored of traveling. I'm like, oh, I I like to have that family aspect. So you're kind of like either... a foster care home, but just for one kid. One or two, yeah. <laughs> Just for and just for for three years. What if they love you until they get adopted? Yeah. What if and they if if they loved me and didn't want to? Are you gonna make them sign like a four year contract? Like (laughs) prenup? They sign a prenup. One years old. (laughs) If they I'd probably end up adopting one at some point. Uh, Yeah. What if you were able to get like a load of traveling done by the age of like thirty two, thirty three? And then have a family, and then whatever other things you wanted to explore, you do it with them, bring them along. I've thought about that as well. Yeah, do it all early, and then have a family later. But then some of my clients said it's a bad idea. But I don't know. That's just their experience. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's all whatever experience you have is probably gonna be in hindsight. So, but I, I am gonna test drive kids. So I'm going to. <laughs> No, no, no. This is not no cap. I'm going to babysit friends' babies. See, like, okay, what's a baby crying all night like? And then uh, I'm going to, whether it's fostering or babysitting a five-year-old, see if five-year-olds are a pain in the tuchus. And then I want to babysit some 11-year-old, like a teenager. and Because my clients, I get to see... Well, you don't babysit teenagers. So then I'll have to foster a teenager. So anyways... <laughs> I... <laughs> For two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them like two weeks and then it's over. <laughs> oh god. Um yeah. Uh and then but then this is the thing, like uh you gotta take leaps of faith in life because before you know it, you'd be like eighty years old and you're like, I've test driven every option and I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay. No, honestly, realistically, I'll get fear of missing out, and I'll have a family, and then I'll just be a cranky man who's tired all the time. No, being like, that is the worst. Kid. You don't have to be <laughs> cranky. You're not going to be I cranky. Know. And also, having a fa- forcing a family just because you have FOMO is a bad idea, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely not a good idea. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people... No, do. it'll change. Watch, I'll meet someone. This is how it works. People meet someone, and they meet that person. They're like, oh, I want to have a family with this person. And then next thing you know, you actually want to have a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, I got to get going here. Yeah, me too. This is, a this is a good chat. I miss you guys. It was nice. You too. I miss yeah, you. How, I long miss was you. This, how long was this talk? Uh, 138, 11. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Goodbye. All right. We'll do oh, oh, oh fellas, 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 really quick. I don't want to start. This is on the same topic. I don't want to start a whole new thing. Do you think there are parents out there that look at their kid and say, God, that kid's annoying? Like I don't yeah, like this kid. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. That's a fear of mine. That is legit a fear. Jordan of mine. Jordan Peterson actually has a chapter in his book. Like, it's about I can't remember. It's about like not raising a kid that you hate. Like, it's like not. It's like it sounds fucked up, but it's like there's like a whole like it makes sense once you read it. But it's basically that's just it. the idea is like instilling good values. It's having it's it kind of boils down to like having your own values and instilling good values in your kids so you, they don't grow up to be somebody that you dislike. Yeah, there you go. That's just in your control for the most part. Yeah, I see. Cool. All right, boys, anything cool. to sign off with? Peace and love, baby. All right, I'll just chat with peace you guys and love. Soon. Enjoy the rest of your day, fellas. See Ciao. ya, fellas. See ya. Bye.